This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to Benjamin Kim. Benjamin Kim, this here podcast, it goes out to him. What's he like? It's not important. Benjamin Kim, this one's for you. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In... This issue, we ask a princess who's your daddy. The Man of Steel done just got real. The Walking Dead can check your head. And our pal Rodrigo, nothing rhymes with that. It's Scrod Beagle, Claude Eagle God, God Ego. But it's not nearly as bad as when the podcast was me, Steven, and that girl, Silver Orange. I think she married Wolverine. If you love 52 or perhaps just point one, we're here to show you comics can be fun. We got costumes and manga and Skrull Brian, too. And as Desi Arnaz used to say, Babaloo! If you're asking yourself why two weeks in a row we've mentioned the father of the Three Cameras show, then you're probably new here. Feel welcome, make merry, and always remember, your mileage may vary. Set them up, knock them down, have a seat over there, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Hello! Paying attention to every word that we say. I'm very Dr. Seussian this week. It's freaking me out. We've got some news and we've got some other things coming up. We'll get to those shortly, those other things. Uh, let's talk about some news. Three items that may have caught people's attention this week. First of all, Wonder Woman gets a daddy. The Avengers trailer finally arrives ahead of the New York Comic Con. And DC wins, blows out Marvel uh, in the September 2000 sales in the direct market. Which one of these three big topics are we going to talk about? Matthew is going to spin that wheel. And it's going to go around and 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 around. And stops right there on number one, Wonder Woman gets a daddy. Stop saying that. Well, it's true. I understand, but every time you say that, you just hear that, oh, yeah, who's your daddy? And she's already running around in a star-spangled bikini. Pants or she bikini briefs, those are one there thing. there are no men. I'm just yes. Saying. Well, it's been now revealed. black leather bikini briefs, which yeah, is, is even really even pervier. Gotta be problematic. Uh, so we learned this week that the big announcement or a part of the big announcement that's coming from DC Comics at the upcoming New York Comic Con this weekend at the uh, Jacob Javits Center in New York City is the fact that uh, in this new 52 relaunch, Princess Diana, Wonder Woman, Rodrigo, mm -hmm. is getting a father. All this time, we know that Hippolyta was walking down the beach one day and said, I wish I had a child. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make her out of clay and then beg the gods to bring her to life. And that's how it happened, mm -hmm. right? Not in the new... 52. This one is the fact that Wonder Woman, we're going to find this in Wonder Woman number three, so we've got a month to go here. That Zeus mm -hmm. is Wonder Woman's father. Dun, dun, dun. Not really a big dun. surprise, though, right? I guess not. No, actually, I, I had thought that that had been a plot twist somewhere down the line previously. Well, you know, back in the uh, <clears throat> um, either Justice League... Or Justice League International or whatever the Unlimited series was. Mm -hmm. There's a scene where 
she goes uh, and meets Hades. Yeah, and Hades. And Hades is revealed to be her father, I or, thought, or at one point. Or implied. Yeah. yeah, yeah, implied. Yeah. But Zeus, I mean, come on. In Greek mythology, Zeus got it on with everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a good Zeus. two-thirds of all demigods are, are Zeus' children. I mean, Zeus probably yeah. just saw a, a wet mud puddle and got it on. Well, And then Hippolyta the came along and said, I will make a, a child. Gross. Well, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> come on. Zeus is what they call trisexual. He'll try anything. <laughs> mud, chickens, anything. He came down as a bull once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the conversation ended. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, we've seen the Greek gods appear before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is you this know my only deal? problem with this? What's this, Matthew? What's the big problem? It's it's really not a big deal in and of itself, but it seems like it could become a big deal because of the issues that we've been having with the reception of some of the new 52 characterizations and changes in the universe. I mean, a change to Wonder Woman's hierarchy, if you will, backstory, whatever you want to call it, is, you know, it's not without precedent. I mean, even, you know, Dr. Molten, Molten Marston, Griffith Joyner Kersey did some retconning or changes or just changed premises as he went along. Yeah. These, you know, these things are not without precedent. But the fact that we're in a point where, DC right now has been on the back, on the hot seat, I guess I should say, not on the back burner. That's another, that's Marvel. But on the hot seat for their female hiring practices or, you know, female creators behind the book and also female protagonists acting in ways that people believe are questionable. You know, if you have a problem with Catwoman being Catwoman and being somewhat promiscuous and Batman as well, don't get me wrong, it takes two to tango. Or you have a problem with Starfire's current thing. If this comes around and it seems that whatever that creep is, whether you call that a gender bias, whether you call that flat out discrimination, when that starts affecting Wonder Woman, if people perceive this as being something that's affecting Wonder Woman, then all Hades is going to break loose all over your face. But overall, it doesn't really bother me in that the, the whole inhuman golem thing has really kind of been sidetracked and is never really brought up actually as part of her history very often it's not something where they're like yes you are made of clay yeah well and so then that just you're a creature of pure magic but that's that's different i mean yeah there's two ways you can approach it you're either a creature of pure magic or this golem creature Mm -hmm. or you just grew up with an absentee father Mm-hmm. Right. And how often do we see that in in stories going on? How often do we see that in the major spoilers podcast? How often do know. we see it in real life? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Thoughts, Rodrigo? Um, it, it doesn't seem like a huge deal to me. It seems kind of lame that they went with Zeus, honestly, because he, he, he is the go to guy for not being the go to dad. Yeah. Um, That's one. And two, it's. It's weird because aren't they playing Hippolyta like a goddess? Isn't she basically, or or is she supposed to be human? I, I mean, well, she's a little... new fifty-two. Yeah, it can be whatever they want. Can be whatever but they want it to be. A lot of the time, they play her like she's a goddess. Mm-hmm. So right. if Zeus is a god and Hippolyta is a goddess, and they have a kid who's Wonder Woman, then that makes Wonder Woman a goddess. Right, right. Like she's not a demigod; right. she's a straight-on goddess, which. Right. 
takes some of the punch out of punching her. But what if she's just a demigod? What if Hippolyta's uh, just if, a... If, she, yeah, she's, if she's mortal, then mm-hmm. I'm more on board with it. If they're both gods, then yeah. I'm, I'm less interested well, in it. it. It puts her in that realm of a female Hercules, sort of a Hercules, if you will. But a thing that always struck me was, I know that in the 86 revamp, there was some business about Hippolyta clashing with and possibly being sexually assaulted by Hercules. And when I first saw Stephen's piece, and <laughs> hey, when I first hey, saw the story that Stephen show. wrote on the website, I thought to myself, wait a minute, Wonder Woman's daddy. I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're bringing that back and they're having it be Hercules. So it could be worse. You know, yeah. I, I, I think that would have been a huge firestorm, even if a firestorm, you know, not a nuclear man, but something in a teacup. I was... I was looking. When did this uh, the story of how of Wonder Woman's origin? When did it come about? It, I mean, it wasn't in the first Wonder Woman issue that Marsden wrote, was it? Oh no, no, I don't believe that there was really much of an origin in uh, the. Well, technically, it's kind of a thing. I believe her first appearance was All Star Comics number eight, but it came out the same month as Sensation Comics number one, mm-hmm. and this is the forties. You know, Sensation 1, All-Star 8, either way, you don't get an origin. I don't remember whether the You're a Gollum thing actually came out of the 40s or not. I honestly can't remember. I, I want to say, and people will correct me, you're probably correcting me right now, Faithful Spoiler, right? Mea culpa, uh, since we're being all Greek and stuff. Um, I think the whole You Are a Magic Framistat built of Thingama uh, came out of the Silver Age, came out of the um, uh, the Bob Koeniger era in like the early 60s. But I, I honestly don't know because I don't necessarily read Wonder Woman to enjoy Wonder Woman, the character. Yeah, I read I read Wonder Woman. I read it when Gail Simone wrote it. I read it when John Byrne drew it. I read it when George Perez drew it. I read it when she was a powerless super spy in a miniskirt kicking people and Mike Sikowski had that same bad guy in every issue with the big crazy eyes who look like Jack Elam. I don't read Wonder Woman just to go, I sure do love Wonder Woman. I read Wonder Woman because of what's happening with around or, you know, regarding the creators. So yeah, it does say during the silver age, Wonder Woman's origin was revamped along with other characters. The new uh-huh. origin story increased the characters, uh, Hellen- Hellenic mythological, Hellenic, Hellenic mythological roots receiving the yeah. blessings of each of the deities in her crib. But it doesn't <laughs> in say... In her crib, yo. Come to Wonder Woman's crib for the blessing of the deities, yo. So I'm going to bet that, you know... This is, here's my solid feminine toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I noticed you didn't wash your hands in the invisible sink. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I don't I don't see it as a big deal. You know, I, I bet they're not going to make it that big of a deal. It's going to be there for like one or two issues. And then every time that things get too crazy, then maybe that'll he'll pop up and hey yo, what's right. going on? Hello, daughter. Uh, yeah, you got any hot like, friends? Oh, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't uh, Anthony Quinn Zeus <laughs> Zorb the Greek? Um, <laughs> in uh, in like Hercules or something? I don't know. I'm pretty sure there was I one where Anthony of- Quinn was <laughs> Zeus. Which Who was I thought, the guy in? Clash I thought it was a great pipe. Zeus. I can't oh, remember who man. played Zeus in Clash, in Clash of, the of the Titans. 
in uh, yeah, the original. Not oh, the, the original. I was going to say you're talking about uh, not with a stupid Kraken. Yeah, no, the normal Kraken, not the stupid. Anthony you know who would make a great Zeus? Plays Zeus in the Hercules telemovies. You know who should play Zeus? Who? Brian Blessed. <laughs> that would be Daughter, I am your father, Brian Blessed. <laughs> Mind not my teeth marks on all of the furniture and scenery. I am Brian Blessed. Uh, you know, pretty much in the uh, Major Spoilers uh, comment section over at Majorspoilers.com, most people <laughs> seem to be pretty, eh. Not really, not really caring. Yeah, nonchalant, nonplussed, whatever. Um, the only one that really kind of stands out, uh, Mark Mark W says, doesn't seem like much of a change. Her origin is still heavily tied in with the Greek mythology, and she still gets her powers from the Olympian uh, deities. It's not like they made her an alien who was raised by the Amazons or tied into some other mythology. Uh, DMC says, first impression, this sucks. She goes from being a gift from the goddess, a manifestation of divine power created from the earth itself, to being just another child of Zeus. My honest opinion, Wonder Woman is better off not being a direct descendant. It made her position as one who would sometimes stand against the gods more of a natural fit. Now she just feels like a child rebelling against the family. Her origin as the goddess answer to Hippolyta's prayers for a child only made from clay and made of flesh was more touching and heartfelt. But See, now with know. Zeus as her daddy, a sense of wonder has been lost. I kind of feel like there's more drama built into Zeus as her daddy, especially if she does stand against the gods and go, yeah, to you father. Unfortunately, though, I mean, you're right. There's more drama built into it, which is why they wrote that story 3,000 years ago. Right. True. True. Uh, in the New York Post article, Brian Azzarello says that uh, there are going to be some family issues referring to the Olympians as the original crime family. Oh, well, now they're just My making her Jewish. more Huntress. Now they're making her more like yeah. Huntress. Edward G. Robinson is Zeus. We're taking over the Pantheon, <laughs> see? I'm going to hurl my bullets of lightning down at you. You know play you, Hades? Huh? Hades should be Frank Gorshin in his Riddler costume. Yeah, all right. Okay, everybody, you can head <laughs> see, over to Majorspoilers.com. You can check out this news story and many, many more. Just click on the comment section and comment away. We appreciate everybody who comments, and they're does get to be some uh, lively discussions every once in a while. And surprisingly, everyone stays relatively civil or civil or vile. We'll find out after this commercial break. How to get a major spoilers shout out. If you want to get a personalized shout out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the make a donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 20-06. Yep, we did find out the answer. All right, who knew? Anyway, thank you to everybody who's been donating to the Major Spoilers cause. I was just uh, running some numbers. Things are looking good. And it's all because of these kind people who are doing these two, five, and ten dollar a month recurring donations. We hope to get more. Hopefully by the end of the year, it'd be awesome to have like 5,000 people donating. That'd be awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Until then, we will keep you entertained with our little comedic bits, our little stories, and of course, our reviews. Reviews. 
Apocalypse. Sorry, Batman was singing this week. Yeah, which is interesting, because we don't even have a Batman title on the list this week. We do, uh, however, we have, have one on Majorspoilers.com. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Detective Comics review. We've even got a review right now of Action Comics. Did you make Comics. a Detective Comics joke? Action Comics. No, I did not, although that's probably uh, not too bad. Action Comics number two arrived last week, part of the all-new 52. Last time we saw Superman uh, eh, getting stopped by a... He's not more powerful than a, than a locomotive. Got captured by Lex Luthor and is being held down in a military lab. And he's being... They're trying to do all sorts of tests on him. Electrocuting him, sarin gassing him, just everything you can imagine to try to figure out what makes him tick. And Luthor doesn't really care. I mean, he keeps going on and on and on and saying... It, 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 it. You don't refer to him as an him. You don't ref, you don't call him an him. Or it's not a him, it's an don't it. Don't call it That's a it. him. There you go. And there's some surprise appearances. Uh, the big surprises in this one is uh, John Henry Irons shows <gasps> up. He's working uh, for this group, working on Project Steel. <gasps> and alongside of him is, uh, uh, what the hell's his name? John Corbin. Yeah, John Corbin, yep, who we all know becomes Metallo. In fact, by the <gasps> end of the issue, John Corbin is like, uh, John Henry Irons is so mad about what they're doing to uh, to this Superman that uh, he walks off the project and Corbin's put in charge and he goes, I don't care what the state of the project is. If we're going to stop this Superman, I need to get into this steel armor, which is more of an exoskeleton than... What we've seen in the past. If everybody remembers the very first Superman, the animated series, where they had Corbin driving the big mm. um, mecha suit. Right. That's kind of what this looks like. Cool. Um, which could be kind of cool because it may which follow is, kind of along well, what the animated series was like. But Yeah, and the animated series did introduce John Henry like pretty early on. Did it? Um, he was in the animated series. He was like he was leading a, a basically a mecha um like a uh, program for the police. Oh cool. So that the police could also take on superhuman threats, not yeah, just yeah. Superman. Well that's what's in here. It, yeah, I mean it's very Wasn't similar. Wasn't he voiced by Worf? Probably. I forget who I did think that. Michael voice. Dorn did that. I don't know. Because I remember the Michael Dorn voice coming out of Steel. E- eventually in the JLU he was voiced like everyone else by Phil Amar. <laughs> it's like all black characters stand over here. You're all voiced by Phil Amar. All female characters stand over here. You're voiced by whoever's voicing Wonder Woman. What's her name? Great Delisle. Uh, oh yeah, actually, so, it was Great Delisle for all the other human for the female characters. Basically, yeah. uh, Superman's had enough. He's like, I'm leaving, and whatever they throw at him—bullets, gas, bombs, whatever—he just makes his way out and escapes. Uh, the yeah. big kind of surprise, which is, I don't know, I, I'm not a big fan of this villain, but at the end of the episode, Lex Luthor is driving around. Uh, communicating with somebody who's been giving him all this answers about Krypton and uh, alien from another planet. And basically Lex Luthor is like, what are you? How are you telling me all this? And then floating high above the earth is something that looks like Meta- or, uh, uh, Brainiac's ship. And I'm not a big fan of Brainiac. I, I found one thing interesting about this issue that it, it, one of the most ridiculous things to retcon back to normal after the initial crisis in 1986. Yeah, what's that? His his cape is once again made yeah, of indestructible Kryptonian polymers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Which that is was one of the big changes that people freaked out about in 86. He no longer had an in- invincible cape. And then uh, the rocket ship, which somehow Lex Luthor has, or the military has, uh, yeah. is there. And it does look like this basket that has been floated down the river. And the ship communicates with him. And basically Superman says, take <laughs> off, I'll find you. I will find you. Take it's- off, hoser. This is a this is a bit of a problem that I have, especially with uh, the art by Rags Morales is wonderful. There are some great pages where Superman is striking these poses, trying to get away, and they're just very dynamic. There's full full of energy mm-hmm. in, in the pieces. Um, problem I have though is the cover price on this is three dollars and ninety nine cents. There For are 20, 20, pages story? twenty pages of story, but there are one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, eight pages of like behind the scenes look, you know, like here's how the cover came together. Here's what we know about some of the characters. Here's why we decided to make uh, the rocket ship look more like an arc. Here's why this thing, um, this spaceship design, how Grant Morrison came up with the design of it and Blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of a before and after art look as well as some character reveal stuff. But I DVD extras. It really is. And it really if DC wanted to do something with this, because there is some good information in here, like um, uh, we don't they talk about that little guy that's at the very beginning of the first issue. Uh, They don't tell us any much about who he is, but they do tell us you know, who they were drawing inspiration from for that. But I don't know if that's worth an extra buck because at first I didn't read it and I was like, wow, this seems very light. And then I started flipping through some of the stuff and was like, ah, okay, that's kind of interesting. I think what DC should have done is kept the print copy at two ninety nine at the 20 pages or whatever that they had. And then on the, um, comiXology release, the digital release, sell it for three fifty and include those eight pages of bonus backup material. I think that's what they should have done with this. Art is great. Story okay. Uh, I still enjoyed this a lot. I enjoyed it a heck of a lot more than Detective Comics. I'm still giving this, I'm still pretty uh, up on the Action Comics bandwagon. I'm giving this four slices of meatloaf. Nice. So there you go for Action Comics number two. Uh, let uh, Let us go over to Rodrigo. Okay. And let's talk about something from Dark Horse. Something from Dark Horse. Yes, let's talk about the thing from Dark Horse. No, the, the thing, thing is a Marvel character. That's <laughs> true, he is. Well, you know, with this big movie coming out called The Thing, which is kind of a prequel. Right. This comic book is called The Thing, mm-hmm. but it's like a prequel to the prequel to yes. the prequel. It's a super prequel. So this uh, book... It's about some Vikings oh. that are making their way across the icy wastes of Vikingia. Oh. I, don't know. I don't know where they're from. Um, from so Viking land. land. Yeah. Vikings. I come from the land of the ice and snow. Yeah, that, that's the one. Or the midnight sun and Randus's hammer. Vikings uh-huh. guard. So they're anyway. making their way through, and then they're, they can't get through the ice anymore, so they get off their ship, and they're walking around, and then... One of their guys falls through the ice, but it doesn't just fall through the ice because the thing gets him. Oh. And then they get to this town. It's clobbering time. Yes. 
Apparently, under the ice is Yancey Street. Um, so they, well, you know, uh, the Vikings did discover America. Yeah. So they get to a village, <laughs> and there is no one left in the village. It looks like things have been burnt, and they find um, a skull. Like they find all these dead, all these corpses that have been mutilated, mm-hmm. and they find a skull that is like a human skull with like two oxen skulls melded to it. Ugh, pretty creepy. And one of the guys is like, do you think the being set on fire would do that? And he's like, you and I have been in a lot of fiery battlefields, and fire doesn't do this to people. There's something uh, wrong here. Uh-oh. Um, So it, this book is interesting because it's giving you the sci-fi movie premise of here's a bunch of explorers showing up somewhere. They don't know what it is. They start gathering clues as to what's happening. One of them goes, well, maybe everything's okay. And the other one goes, no, Quincy, this is not okay. <laughs> So how many Vikings are there? Is there a whole troop of them? Or are yeah, they going to be? There's enough for them to be picked up <laughs> no, one by one. It's a troop of Girl Scouts. Oh, I'm it's sorry. It's a horde of Vikings, Stephen. <laughs> I can't wait till one of them goes into berserker mode and yeah. starts slashing and hacking. Well, and like wait, the one of the Girl Scouts? <laughs> yes. So what happens when you don't buy their their damn cookies? Brownie rage. <laughs> Yes. You don't pay for the Samoas, man. You are <laughs> that's, going down. That's, that's why the the long. That's where the long proud tradition of Samoan warriors comes from. From those <laughs> from the Viking berserkers, not, not, not being. And that's why the Samoan warriors sew patches on their harnesses <laughs> yep. to indicate that they got you know their disguise and everything. You know, their anyway. sewing badge and their Menachem Begin badge. So the art is really good. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. It looks really, really good. Um, the, the monster stuff looks good. The, the people look like awesome Viking guys. Um, awesome Viking guy. I wasn't super crazy about the dialogue because it, it's just kind of bland. And I mean, uh, granted, I, I wouldn't want a lot of like forsooth villain have at your face hole. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) um, which is fine, but I don't know. I just. There was just something about it that seemed a little too modern to to me as I was reading it. All in all, it's pretty solid. Um, I'll give it three and a half slices of meatloaf, and it's almost 100% the art. I mean, the art is just conveys exactly what you want out of it, which is spookiness and Uh, also Vikings. I don't want spooky. Yes, you do. It's scary. You like the thing. Oh. I do. It's actually one of my favorite mm. uh, scary movies. It's like Especially a- when he puts the, the paddles on his chest and then the chest goes. Bah! I like it better when the giant robot thing is knocking at the door and then they mm. set it on fire. Well, that was the 1950s version. But anyway, let's book in this uh, Dark Horse review with another uh, DC Comics review. So, I Zombie. It's a Vertigo comic. Yeah, it's I the Zombie. Same this company. week I'm I'm re- I'm reviewing I Zombie. Last week I reviewed I Vampire, but I discovered that any apps that I downloaded on I Vampire will automatically populate on my I Zombie. Isn't that wow. great? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's the well, you can tell the I Zombie it has that one button in the middle of the head. Um, I hadn't checked in with Vertigo's I Zombie in a while, and I was actually surprised to find that. They still had one. Uh, I Zombie number 18 came out last week. Last time I read the book, it was about the girl who was a zombie and her friend who was a ghost. Mm -hmm. They are not in this issue. The person in this issue 
immediately gets my attention and makes me happy by starting with first-person Wolverine dialogue. And the dialogue says, I am aware that I have become a cliché. Is that, is that the opening dialogue? That's that is awesome. the opening dialogue. That That's is pretty awesome. awesome. And he goes on to explain that basically he's a monster hunter and he's the world weary veteran and he has this headstrong new young partner. And I love it because it's Mike Allred art and Mike Allred, you know, could draw, I don't know, he could draw the books of Mormon and people would buy it in comic book form and has. But as we go through this issue, we learn this monster hunter's backstory and it's really charming. And part of it is a flashback to the 80s when he is, I swear to God, Philip Michael Thomas with the big, you know, the hair, the 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 uh, Eric LaSalle in Coming to America hair yeah, 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 with the big relaxer. And he's got the white coat rolled up to the sleeves. And we learn a little bit of his story as he was a young monster hunter. Mm-hmm. And we learn about his, you know, his monster hunter boss. Yeah. I don't know, his mentor, if you will. Right. And as we go through the issue, I have no idea what this has to do with the zombie and her ghost friend. I have no idea whether this, I mean, this is obviously a bigger world where monsters and zombies and vampires and such exist and flippy-dippy about. Right. But I don't care because I like this story. He he ends up somewhere fighting in a in a ziggurat against this mysterious woman who claims to be a goddess who turns out to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. From like California, who like talks like, like this, like, and then we wow. kill them. And like, I didn't oh. really mind being a vampire, and that was like totally awesome. Oh. And exactly throughout the issue, everybody has a really interesting voice. And the issue ends with him meeting his new partner, his new young partner, who is the son of his mentor from the flashback sequence. And we're done. Ba ba ba. I don't know what this has to do with anything, but I like it because it takes, you know, bits and pieces of things that that we know. It has a little bit of the Danny Glover. He actually name checks Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. It has a little bit of, you know, your Buffy the Vampire Slayer, your Giles the Watcher teaching the young people. Right. It has Mike uh, Mike Alred drawing Rio de Janeiro at Carnival. Mm-hmm. That right there is worth the price of admission, even if it's just a few panels. I'll read pictures of Carnival. I'm just like, I'm going to make that my new background on my bubble. Really, really interesting. Really weird book. Part of it is a guest artist aping Mike Alred, Mm -hmm. which is fine for me. But all in all, three and a half slices of meatloaf, even though I don't have a lot of context, even though I don't know how this fits into any theoretical world of iZombie, it's a likable enough story with an interesting protagonist and a protagonist who admits right out of the box says to you at the very beginning, I am a, cl- I know that I have become a cliche. And you know, it, you get that lampshade hanging of, you know, you're going to see bits that you've seen familiar before. And there are going to be things here that you know from other stories. And that's okay. Cause we're going somewhere with it. I really like that, you know, that aspect of, you know, that I know that, you know, that I know that this story has elements that we've seen a million times before. Right. Just stay with me. My story gets better. Yeah. I love that. Cool. 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 So uh, the thing out this week from Dark Horse, Mm -hmm. the other two, the uh, Action Comics number two and the iZombie number 18 out last week from Dark Horse. 
Dun, no. dun, 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 or I'm sorry, from DC Comics. Vertigo. I, I had just opened up, uh, opened up this thing number one. <laughs> thing. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, the artist Vertigo cool, right? is the still artist a very cool. Yeah. Ah, creepy, creepy, creepy. Very cool art, but yes, very reminiscent of the. Uh, the monster from the uh, from the movie, and and I, I I think that sometimes when you go into horror stuff, like the artist gets really caught up on drawing the monsters, right? So the monsters are super detailed, right? And you lose a lot of detail on like the human characters. But mm-hmm. I thought that the thing number one had great people in it as well and recognizable yeah, yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good art in that. So go check that out from our friends at Dark Horse Comics. Dark Yay! Horse Comics. Hey, Steve. Yes, Matthew. You remember last week when you were It's time for the major spoilers. (laughs) Poll of the week. Week, 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 week. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Baruka. (laughs) This week, it's all about something that we have very little of our precious free time. Steven wants to know, since he took my gig, I'm taking his, during those breaks in your day, which of the activities in our poll of the week do you enjoy participating in month, in most, rather? Steven's options, uh, reading, playing video games, listening to podcasts or music, watching television or movies, sleeping, playing sports, or the Rodrigo answer, I have absolutely no free time. No, comma, really. Rodrigo, go. Um, well, I have, uh, pretty much no free time. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, you know, it's hard for me to answer this because I actually get into, we'll say grooves. Right. Instead of what they probably more clearly are funks. Yeah. Of ruts. But no matter what, it, it sounds like I'm awesomely dancing, which I'm not. Um, I've seen you awesomely dance. Oh, I, it's awesome. It, it kind of is, yeah. but it, it doesn't attract the ladies. Especially when you do the worm. It's yeah. sort of like a, a Napoleon Dynamite, only you know with more body hair. Yep. <laughs> um, Picture that, ladies. And you get to see all of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're going to... your heart out, John. Eh, never mind. We'll get to that later. Um, okay. I, I do. I get into these things where, like... You know, on the days where I'm not recording major spoilers, not going out and shooting uh, sports, and not Football. doing, you know, whatever random other errands I need to do, I will I will go home, and on that Wednesday and Sunday, I will sit down and watch as much DC Warner Brothers animation as I have oh, available yeah, yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. And then once I exhaust that, I may, you know, my next handful of breaks will be me playing uh, video games uh, throughout that. And then later on, if I'm like, oh, I finally got Hellboy Volume 4 because I've had 1 through 3 and 5 through 8 mm-hmm. and I hadn't tracked down 4 yet. Um, so then I get it. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit down and read these. So for me, it really just depends. I don't have a preferred thing that I do with my free time. Right now, it is video games because I've gotten back into City of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Um so I've been doing that. Okay. Are you ready for a team up with Dr. Framistat? We'll talk about what servers we're on later. Are you guys playing <laughs> City of Zeros? City of Zeros. Yes. Steven, this is how I talk. <laughs> Matthew, what about you? Well, this is weird for me because 
there are certain activities on here that I don't consider myself as enjoying. Playing um, sports and, is not enjoyable to you? Oh, I don't have a problem with it. I never do it. Not sleeping um, is not enjoyable you know. to him. <laughs> sleeping really isn't enjoyable to me. Sleeping is something that I do at the point where I I know that my body is like, okay, it's time to be unconscious. I don't enjoy sleeping. I don't sleep for fun. I don't nap because, well, quite frankly, if I sleep without my my apparatus on my face, I wake myself up every half hour going, no breathing. It's like a Papa Roach song. But it's not that I have absolutely no free time. I have a weird midweek weekend. But some of the things on here I don't necessarily consider to be offline activities because Reading, especially reading comics, is something that is part of two of my three jobs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, watching television, I have a theory, and it goes like this. Television is often like wallpaper. There will be something quietly nattering in the background if I'm in a room with a television. Right, right. I have a house with six rooms. There are like nine televisions throughout the house scattered so that... Pretty much wherever you are, there will be a television going in the background as long as I'm not recording a podcast. So I didn't go with that. I went with, and this is what I do on my Thursday. I get up, I go to a staff meeting, which I hate. I come home and I either queue up SmackDown versus Raw or Grand Theft Auto 4 and respectively powerbomb and or execute anything that comes within my sight. So I chose playing video games simply because that's a good way to completely turn my brain off and have specific mm -hmm. goals and things. And, you know, I'll play Grand Theft Auto for an hour, turn it off, and I will no longer be mad at, you know, my boss who yelled at me or my agent that I had to yell at or the girl across the hall who's, you know, psychotic or whatever it was that my wife said to me when she hit me with the baseball bat that day, you know. That all goes away because I, you know, I shot Jimmy Pegarino in the face seven times. Yeah, I, I kind of figured video games was going to be your go-to because if you follow Matthew on his Facebook, he's always talking about how Mighty King Cobra is bringing the damage and mm -hmm. smacking them <laughs> down. And I'm going to come all, and shoot you in the face if you don't get out the car. The Mighty, the Mighty King Cobra doesn't bring the damage. <laughs> he brings the pain. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? I got confused yes. there for a moment. Now, yeah, you're thinking of the Mighty King Cobra's cousin from Eastern Europe. I am going to lend you the damage. In Soviet Russia, pain brings you. Um, For me, you know, there's some good ones on this list. Um, Like you, Matthew, when it comes to podcasts or music, that's always that noise in the background. Yep. And so whenever I'm working, I've got that going all the time. Um, television or movies, I really don't get to watch a lot of television for myself. I mean, the television's on, but it's usually watching something that the boy wants to watch. Uh, there are occasions when I can flip over to the Apple TV and watch uh, something off of Vimeo or something off of uh, YouTube or something. Uh, but that's usually for educational purposes because there's something that I want to learn about. So that's not really free time. Reading... Uh, for me, is the job. So if I'm going to sit down and read a comic book, that's part of my job. Uh, sleeping, too, is I don't think, kind of like you, Matthew, it's not a leisure activity. It's more of a necessity, uh, more of experimentation where I can see, 
you know, we've talked about my weird ass dream states and everything. So sometimes I go to bed going, okay, let's see if we can have this happen or let's see if we can learn something tonight in this dream or something like that. So that's more of experimentation kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And playing sports, I haven't played sports in a long time. uh, So that's not really on my list. So really, I really have absolutely no free time. No, really. I have absolutely no free time. Um, if I did have free time, it probably would be more sleep. But I've, I've, I'm going to try this new method. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a four 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 eight system and see. How's that? Four hours of working on major spoilers. Four hours mm-hmm. of real like necessity work stuff that I have to get done at work. Four hours of dedicated block time for that. Four hours of family time. Okay, in the evening, because basically by the time we get home and eat dinner and the kids go to bed, it's been about four hours for that. It goes by very quickly. Mm-hmm. Then four hours of feature writing, right? Like the podcast is feature content. Reviews are feature content. Video stuff and other reviews that I write for other sites are featured content. And then eight hours of sleep. And that should be the 24 hours. Mm. So I've we been doing this a for a couple of days right now, and it actually seems to be working, and I yeah, seem to be getting actually yourself, getting a getting, lot more done as opposed to going, oh, I just got so much to do, I don't know what yeah, to do. Getting ah. yourself into a schedule definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm more of a day schedule kind of thing, or mm-hmm. I'm like, Monday, all I'm going to do is this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because if I try to break it down by hours, then I get hungry halfway through, and it just <laughs> wrecks the whole thing. <laughs> oh, I didn't even put down food. I don't even eat. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't see. remember if it was one of you guys or not, but somebody told me that he slept six hours every 18. Uh, there is a process where you can get, uh, as little as four straight hours of sleep and still work. It's the, uh, what is it? The Da Vinci method. The I think genius. Is, I don't yeah, know. The genius method he would, he would He would sleep and then he would work and then his day off, he would sleep in the middle of the day Then he'd stay up all night and then he'd sleep and then he'd go yeah, to yeah. work and then by the time he got to the end of the week, it cycled back around yeah. and he never wanted for sleep, but he only slept for like a few hours, like 20 hours over the course or 25 hours over the course of a week or something. Uh, I was going to look up the Da Vinci sleep method, but essentially it's polyphasic sleep. That's what your friend's talking about. Polyphasic? Yeah, polyphasic. Isn't that the shielding that they had on Star Trek Voyager? No, and it is also not that uh, rock group. Right. The polyphasic spree. (laughs) Polyphasic spree. I thought thought poly... No, polyphasic was the one who uh, walked through the battlefields in the Revolutionary War and relaunched cannons with her face. Yeah, that's what it was. So the way this uh, polyphasic sleep is basically you... (laughs) uh, You break your sleep schedule up into like... Two or three naps a day, and each time you take a nap, it actually takes off about three hours of actual sleep you need. So if you take a nap at like two o'clock in the afternoon for like an hour, it'll give you like four more hours of energy to work. Something like that. And you can go read about it. I've been doing some yep. little bit of reading. My boss that. would get very upset. Uh Maximus Rift says, I tend to do different things with my free time, but video games tend to come up more and more frequently. Uh, so who do you people feel will answer? I have no free time, Matthew or Steven. Uh, Alan says, I listen to the podcast while I'm working, while I sit on the couch or relax. It's usually with a book. Uh, let's see. Kirby says torn between reading my comic books and listening to various podcasts. Andrea says, I something for podcasts. 
Oh, oh, he voted, voted. for. I vote. I voted he's, for the podcast he's, he's with the nuclear vessels. He's from that same vessels. place where Chekhov is from. The nuclear exactly. vessels and the podcasts. I, actually, don't be mean, guys. I'm pretty sure he actually is Eastern Europe. Oh, okay. Well, there you go, Andreas. Oh crap! Uh, well, we're terrible people. Then. <laughs> you know the the uh, interesting thing. Somebody says Fire Hazard voted for sleep. Yes. <laughs> What's the interesting thing there? Uh, I was just pointing out that Andreas said something about sneaking podcasting in between patients. I wonder if he's like a surgeon listening to our podcast while resectioning somebody's brain. Oh man, we got an email this past week from somebody that's like, uh, well, I can't say where he's from, but it was a really cool email, but he does something super high and mighty in a government group or agency type thing. And it's pretty awesome. So area 51. I'll be telling he's now now we're gonna be mind wiped by the end of the night, Matthew. Thanks. Yep. Area fifty two. <laughs> Wait, your mind wasn't already wiped? <laughs> All right, everybody. You by can the way, Rico, killing hookers is not an option. <laughs> killing hookers is never an option, and you should you should be ashamed of yourself. Listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com. You can vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week. This week is free time. Who knows what next week's will bring? But we'll see. <laughs> Next week, it's going to be pay time. Hey, let's take a break. Let's listen to this voicemail uh, from somebody who wants to talk about the Superman costume. And when we come back, we'll talk about old boy. And no, I'm not talking about Matthew. Hey, Major Spoilers. This is Toe Monster. I've been listening to your show for about six months now, thanks to the Frog Pants Network. Network. <clears throat> I'm really impressed. I really like rodrigo's comments i think he's incisive i was calling to weigh in on this uh superman debate it seems to go on for a couple weeks now about his costume and i think what no one has taken into account is at the time that when superman came out we were coming out of the end of the last century and a lot of your circus performers and weightlifters wore the tights with the loincloth type thing on the outside so if you look at the strong men of the period, their costumes were very similar. And I think that's what they were trying to emulate. And it just carried on through the ensuing decades. I didn't hear anyone discuss that, but I think it merits some kind of like consideration in the costume discussion. Thanks, guys, and keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in and thank you for your comments. And listeners, we do love your comments. We do love your emails. Of course, if you want to send us an email, all you need to do is address it to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And in fact, this upcoming weekend, we'll be diving into our email bag and reading some of those mails. Rodrigo's got them all ready. But for those of you that would like to call in, we have the Major Spoilers hotline number. And Matthew, that number is... 785 1939, the major spoilers spent 15 years in between three different floors eating Chinese food. Hotline. Speaking of being uh, locked away for 10 years, let's talk about this Mm -hmm. week's old boy. Old boy. Old boy. Is that those really big sandwiches? (laughs) Those are po' boys. Uh, Yeah, like (laughs) those are po' boys. Uh, Somebody was like, you guys never review manga or manga. You never do. Or Manga. And you know why they say we never do that? Because we have on several occasions. Yeah. And that's why we never do. We, we reviewed... Well, I, it's uh, not exactly something that we... What's that little dinosaur's name? Gravitate. Gore. Gone. Gone. We've done Oko. 
We did Oko. Oko does four count. cycles of Oko, I think. Oh yeah, because it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's European, duh. But we did it's Lone manganese. Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub, yeah. It's manganese. It counts. We've done some others. I know we've done some others. We haven't done a. Cure. I'm sorry, manganese. I always get that confused. Oh, manganese! I had some of that on my sandwich today. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> is legitimate, <laughs> actual Japanese manga in the black and white, and the left to right, and the glavin. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a the version that we read is the. Uh, Version that Dark Horse released from 2000 to 2008. Yeah. Is the the actual we original manga came out in the mid-90s, didn't it? Oh, I think it had to. There's some story elements that seem to uh, yeah. be of that time period. Yeah, so, definitely. So, Matthew, kick us off. Tell us I what can... happens. This is eight volumes. Tell us what mm-hmm. happens in this, in this, uh, this first volume. And when we it say volume, we're talking does... about 200 plus pages. Yeah, we're talking like 200 pages. It's a big, big volume. And I think it may have been originally serialized in little bits and pieces and chapters because this volume oh, right, right. is like chapters long. But it, it, it starts off slow, which I really enjoy, with somebody making a meal. And eventually, you know, we build up and we find that there's a mysterious man being kept in what they describe as a private prison. And he is being held for what we don't know or what he doesn't know. And volume one is basically the story of how he gets out. One day they just let him loose. They just cut him loose and throw him out. They give him a thousand yen, which I think is like eight bucks. I don't know. I don't know what the exchange rate is. And they just throw him out into the world. And we discover that he has spent 10 years in this tiny cell. He has done nothing but watch TV and exercise for a decade, not even knowing who imprisoned or why really what's going on it's a really compelling it's a really interesting premise and then as soon as he's out it turns into a raymond chandler novel yeah this is really noir he, he i mean this is out, really noirish stuff oh this is pure noir and it's gonna it's an interesting eastern noir because he you know they let him go he meets the girl he he starts the thing just immediately, as always happens in these films or movies or, or stories. They get he it meets all. a girl, and there's an immediate connection. Well, you know, there's an interesting Two twist to that, as we'll talk about a little bit later on. But there's an interesting twist to the girl that he hooks up with. Two things happened to me in this book that surprised me. Okay. One, I was I was immediately engrossed in how just purdy it is how well done it is mm-hmm. the like the fourth page in is this really kind of cool chiaroscuro picture of him from the back sitting in his little room tv just sitting mm-hmm. and he is this dark form and the tv is the only light in the room and i'm like wow that's gorgeous but as the issue goes on we see a lot of panel wide uh story elements so page wide panels is what i'm looking at and about halfway through the book, the page-wide panels stop, and we start seeing tiered panels with multiple thought balloons, right? multiple word balloons. And at that point, I realized that the story reads, even though we're going left to right in the pages, mm-hmm. the story reads right to left, as yeah. a manga should. They didn't flop the panels. And I didn't realize this till like, literally 90 pages into volume one. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, time, it- is, time is wrong. And here's maybe, I guess, you're talking about you're 90 pages in and you didn't figure this out. It's because so much of the the early part of this book and really the entire eight-volume arc 
is just mm-hmm. silence. Here is a guy that has been locked away for 10 years, has no contact that he knows of besides a little gate in the door opening up and him getting his, his Chinese dumplings every day. And television, watching television for 10 years. He teaches himself to fight by watching boxing on, on television for 10 years. Really does have no concept of the world around him. And so a lot of this is, if he's never spoken with someone and he hasn't had a lot of human contact, it's a very quiet piece. And so really, this, the mm-hmm. all the volumes, I think I read all eight volumes in probably probably over the course of six hours, eight hours maybe a, a day to get through them all. And it's just because there's a lot of beautiful panels that don't have any words. Mm-hmm. Rodrigo, what did you think? Getting into this first arc, here's the guy that just stumbles into the world, he's got some money, goes, has some food, gets it on with a girl. Ari, I think is her name. Yeah. Have you guys, and I don't know, it's been like, really just a long time since I saw the original, but have you guys watched the West? No. Who is it? Da, 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 da. What's his name? Oh, now I've totally blanked out. The new Manchurian candidate. Um, oh, the one with Denzel Washington. Denzel, in Denzel it? Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The scene where he meets the girl, ends up hanging out with her, and takes the chip out of his back. Mm. Like, that scene is exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the same. Like, the. the Shot for shot, it's basically the same scene. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He finds out that he's being tracked. Mm-hmm. And then after he gets it on with the girl, and he never tells her her name. And so throughout the entire book, she's just calling him Mr. Mm-hmm. And there's a seems to be a quite a big age difference between he, the two. He he's, eventually he's tells, 35. Here's the thing. He eventually tells her his name. Right. Um, but she keeps calling him Mr. Right. He's like 35. She is how old? I'm going to say 16. 18? Oh, 16? I would okay. say 17, 18. I'm going to say, I'll say for the purposes of releasing this in America, she's at least 18. Probably, yeah. Because they get it on. Yeah. Okay. And they do. And he decides that uh, after his night of passion and drinking, uh, that he's going to go track down where he was hidden. Because when they released him, they basically drugged him and dumped him in a park. And the way that he tracks down the prison is ingenious. Mm-hmm. You know, one day part of a receipt came in under the, under the slot and all he knew that it was, you know, the name of this. And so he went to every restaurant that had the blue dragon in it or whatever it was. Yep. And, uh, none of them worked cause he'd go there and he'd eat a dumpling from every one of them and find out which one had that exact same taste. And then, uh, Ari finally realized, but maybe that, maybe that was just a part of the name. And so she went and found all these other restaurants that had Blue Dragon in the title went and found it. And then he just kept going back and back and watching and observing until he found somebody taking a bunch of meals out. And he followed him, led him right to the to the building where he was being kept. Mm-hmm. He breaks in, threatens the people, and basically discovers that, like Matthew said, this is a private prison, which is kind of an ingenious yeah. kind of concept. I mean... Uh, well, and, and I thought... here Here's what I thought was great about it. Like... Well, this is a private prison, and you think, oh, well, that's cool. It's for, like, bad people to imprison other bad people who are in their way. But most of the people who are there are there of their own volition. They want to let the heat die down. Yeah, they're in hiding. They're going to the And they're bad at hiding, so they just disappear. Except that Goto, 
old mm-hmm. boy, the, the title right. character. Uh, he's been there for 10 years and he's like their longest customers. And in order to keep him locked up for 10 years, it costs like something like 30 million yen, mm-hmm. which 30 billion. I'm yen, sorry. Th- 30 billion. billion yen, oh, okay. Which is a heck of a lot of money. billion yen. It's ridiculous. Somebody do the yeah, that's uh, like conversion. $700. Man. <laughs> uh, so somebody has a lot of money, but the problem is who has he offended so much? To pick him up in the middle of the street some night and then throw him into this prison for 10 years. Furthermore, who has he offended so much but is so weirdly interested in him that they wouldn't just shoot him? Right. Right. Why would they put him through this kind of... Mm -hmm. It's kind of a mental torture. Oh, it is torture. 300 billion Japanese yen translates right now to almost 4 billion U.S. dollars. So that's a lot of money. Because they didn't cut him a deal and Mm -hmm. you pay by the night. Yeah, you pay by the night, yeah. Although there was a discount because he was willing to pay cash or something up front and pay it all up front and whatever. Um, but then uh, Goto decides that he's going to go on a mission to, to find his captors. And Rodrigo, what happens in the, the next couple of books? He fights a boxing guy and he gets a job as a construction guy, although I think that had happened yeah, already. Yeah. And then he meets some ladies and he has sex with at least one of them. And then <laughs> he gets a cell phone, and he's like, yeah, you got a cell phone! And uh, basically what happens, honestly, what, what seems to happen, as far as I'm concerned, is Goto gets closer to finding things out. Right. He gets kind of repelled by mm-hmm. the, the, the bad guy. Right. And then the bad guy contacts him. Yeah. Uh, right at... Uh, somewhere right around, maybe it's in that fourth volume. Mm-hmm. Bad guy just shows up. Yep. His name is... And- uh, uh, well, he goes name? He goes by the pseudonym Dojima. Dojima, yeah. And that's all we know of his name mm-hmm. uh, up until this fourth volume. And uh, Dojima says, hey, why don't you and your friend, your bar owner friend, why don't you come out to the yacht and spend the weekend on a yacht with us? Mm-hmm. And Dojima is like, you don't recognize me? We went to school together. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's the, here's the thing. If you can figure out who I am... Like, you can you yeah. can kill me. Here's is like the game is you have to figure out who I am without mm-hmm. me telling you. If right. you can't and whoever wins gets to or, kill the other person. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So the loser dies. Right. The loser dies is what, what he's getting at. And it's a what a mind trip. Here's this guy mm-hmm. that just, you know, all of a sudden, Rodrigo, I've kept you in the gimp closet for the last ten years. I am your enemy, but you don't know why. Guess what, Rodrigo? If you can figure out why I locked you up. You can live, and I will die. And and really, the the great thing about this is, like, you would think, well, why wouldn't the main character just kill him and 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 get his revenge? And it's because he wants to know why. Right. Yeah, he that's what no I kept idea. asking. It's like, why did you just kill this guy? And be oh, done with it. But it makes sense. Why didn't he not go to the police the day he was released and have them investigating this? I mean, his life was disrupted. He had a good job. He was about to be married. Mm-hmm. His 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 fiance has married someone else and has a kid now and he's like nope I don't want, don't leave your husband I'm just going to plot along as this sad sorrowful hero and it's just like why not kill why not kill why not get it done with mm-hmm. cuz he wants to know what the mystery is why the big question why and so we start to learn a little bit more about what goes on in the following volumes i mean really this book i mean this it's very slow, I want to say. It's a yeah. fast read, but it's a slow story. In that then, Goto then meets up with, uh, he knows what class 
that Dojima was in. Mm-hmm. And so he goes down and tracks down his old teacher who is now supposedly a very rich uh, uh, author. Mm-hmm. And she knows exactly who the, the person is that she's talking about because there's something not right with that boy when he was in my class, when we were in the class together. And mm-hmm. I can't think of anything in your class that would have happened in class uh, that would have triggered him for you two to be hateful and resentful. I mean, everybody hated Dojima. Mm-hmm. They just didn't like him. They knew he was not right. In fact, there was an incident where she was going home one night from school and a huge brick fell off the top of the school and almost killed her. And she thinks it was him pushing it. Mm-hmm. Dojima pushing it off as a kid. Comes to find out that this author, and I forget what her name is, Yoki, y- y- Yukio Kusama. Uh, uh, she, uh, she had a book that only sold 3,000 copies and yet she has like... Millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to figure out, well, wait a minute, what, what's going on? How can she be this wealthy? And so she retells the story to Goto that uh, uh, this old woman approached me from America. She's representing my book in America, and I got $50 million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, we can believe that. Maybe not popular in Japan, but popular in the rest of the world. Sure. Turns out that in the times that Goto was talking with Dojima on the cell phone, Dojima has a button that he can push that can change his voice. Right. And through a process of investigation and, uh, and, and reveals, find out that Dojima was also the old woman. Mm-hmm. Disguising her voice even went so far as to dress up as the old woman to go and meet his old teacher face to face and give her 50 million yen to write a book that's never going to be published, just essentially wasting at the time. Mm-hmm. So she's been living the high life, and now they're both in this trap of... Why? Why would he do this? Who is he? What's his real name? And they figure out his real name. But then at that point, because... Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, because because Goto had to get help from his teacher, uh, Dojima says, well, I've won. They even have an independent judge that comes in and says, yes, Dojima, you have won. And Dojima doesn't feel like a... Great deal of satisfaction has happened, mm-hmm. you know, because Goto is still like, I don't know why, I don't make any sense to me. And so Dojima pr- proposes overtime. You have one week to figure out who I am. Essentially, it turns into a big Rumpelstiltskin thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, are you guys ready for the answer on this? I mean, Ari, the little girl, is in trouble and they're trying to shuffle her around because there's a thug that's going to kill her as kind of a, a an option to, uh, to keep the game going. Mm-hmm. You want to know why, what the big deal was? Can, can I make a possible a possible assumption? I will tell you this, and we'll talk about the movie in a minute, Matthew. It has I haven't nothing read to do as with far the, as you have. It has nothing to do with the movie, old boy. Okay. Okay. I, I'm thinking a Darth Vader parable. In which what? Luke, I am your brother. You know how at the end of The Empire Strikes Back, no. Darth Vader is like, no. Obi-Wan never told you what no. happened. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's not that. No. We do find out, though, that Goto, uh, that there were no events inside the classroom that the teacher was in that happened. Mm-hmm. There was another class that, they, that all the kids had to go to that she wasn't qualified to teach, and it was music class. Mm-hmm. Something happened in music class, but... His mind is a big blank. Come to find out that Goto was visited while he was staying for those 10 years in prison. He was visited by a hypnotist. 
and the hypnotist made him forget everything mm. that uh, about happened at that event, paid for by Dojima. Right. Also turns out that, and I don't know if you guys thought this was a little weird, but this hookup that he has with Ari was a little bit too convenient and happened a little bit too quickly. Right. Turns out oh, she was also she was also hypnotized to fall in love with Goto ah. on the night that he showed up in the restaurant. Mm. And so there's a hypnotist involved and she goes back and she tries to do the unblocking and everything and turns out she can't unblock it, but uh, Dojima has this epiphany, realizes what happens at the very end. It's because Goto saw Dojima sing a song Mm -hmm. and it filled him with emotion. And that's it. Because that's it. Because Goto was able to see in, basically see his soul, right. what was inside of Dojima, the, the character, uh, that he was the only one that saw that. And that moment of weakness that Dojima showed was enough to enrage him so much that years later, he, when he amassed so much wealth because of his craziness, eh, his ability to go and, and negotiate and read people and know what was going on in the world. He was able to amass this great fortune. And so he just decided the one person who could best me and know what I was, you know, what was coming from my inside or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to lock him up for 10 years. And then, uh, Dojima. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then at the end, uh, Dojima, uh, basically kills himself because, he lost because Goto realized what it was. Mm-hmm. And so he killed himself and that was it. And then Goto and Eri go on and live happily ever after. Uh-uh. I kind of like that. It's a little weird. I like the twist about they were hypnotized and all this stuff. But I was like, after reading these eight volumes, I'm like, well, I know Spike Lee is making a, a, a movie adaptation of this based on the South Korean old boy, not old boy, two words, but old boy, one word. That is based on this manga. What could be so great about the South Korean version of this movie that would make somebody in America want to remake it 10 years later or 20 years later or however long it's uh, 10 years later, I guess. In the movie, uh, he's locked up for like 15 years Mm -hmm. and he comes out. Right. And they play this same kind of game. And the thing that Goto witnessed in the movie was he witnessed um, Dojima having an incestuous relationship with his sister Mm. saw that. And so that forced him to lock him up years later and for 15 years. Uh, And in the movie version, uh, Dojima was married and, or I'm sorry, Goto was married and already had a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, The sister of Dojima kills herself because of this uh, incident. Uh, And so when the big reveal comes out, when Goto comes up to Dojima and tells him this, Dojima hands him a photo album. And Goto starts flipping through it and he sees his little daughter at about 10 years of age Mm -hmm. and maybe younger, five years of age or something. And then as he flips the picture each year, it's a different picture as she's getting older and older and older till you get to the last page 15 years later. And turns out it's Goto, the girl that he's been sleeping with, Eri, it's his daughter. So in this sense, Dojima gets him back at his own game. And the revenge, I think, is a little bit more sweeter and more twisted i think right right right. but then uh so goto basically pleads please don't tell anybody this this would be terrible Mm -hmm. uh goto cuts out his own tongue Mm -hmm. in the movie and then he goes to a hypnotist begging 
her to make him forget about this knowledge. And then at the end of the movie, uh, he goes back to Aerie and they hug and you don't know if it's because he doesn't know who she is and thinks that it's his lover mm-hmm. or if he knows that it's really his daughter and he's still ripped up about this. Right. Uh, Dojima ends up killing himself in the movie as well. So quite a bit different between the oh, movie yeah. and the book. Now, Matthew, which one? Oh. I mean, you've seen the movie, right? I mean, you've seen the, the original. The, the I old have, boy, right? in fact, seen the movie. And that was one of the things that I was, you know, kind of confused about here that didn't come through. But the thing about the movie and the thing that really makes the movie particularly moving for me is because of that that cultural gap, I guess. It is. Right. You know, when you when you describe the ending of chapter eight here where. Uh, the man uh, locked up his enemy for 10 years because basically he was embarrassed. My, you know, my Eastern, you know, my Western mind goes, oh, well, that's kind of cool. And in the, the vague things that I understand about Japan actually sounds kind of, you know, old school, interesting. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, you publicly humiliated him or witnessed his public humiliation, whatever it is. But what happens in the movie was so creepy and so weird because at the end of the movie, he has again tried to hypnotize himself. And the movie mm-hmm. ends with him, his his daughter, basically his daughter saying, oh, yes, I love you. And it ends with this weird kind of moment where you're not entirely sure whether he remembers, whether he doesn't remember. But it just ends with this really horrible expression on the main character's face. Yeah. I want to see and, this. I mean, it's, it's, I, I, I it's mean, all about that. Oh, yeah. It's it's probably one of the best movies of the decade as far as I, I'm I, concerned. I was because. just reading all this on Wikipedia because I read the end of this volume eight and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I had to go and search and I read that. And I was like, oh, now that sounds yeah. cool. I mean, incest is not cool. Right. But the way that the guy no, extracts but, his revenge and gets Godo to sleep with his own daughter is. Yeah. An it's, eye for an it's, eye it's, kind of, of right. revenge. Right. It's old, it's, you know, Old Testament or Greek, you know, Greek tragedy kind of. Yeah, revenge. yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The thing where you're like, you know, you have done this to me. Well, I didn't do that. I just saw it. Well, I do the same thing to you. Right. And, you know, it's it's really kind of horrible and horrifying and, and other words that have horror in them yeah, all the at old... the same time. But oh. go ahead. I don't know if they can get away with doing that in an American film for an American audience. Well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, it's Spike Lee, Mm -hmm. Spike Lee of uh, uh, She's Gotta Have It and um, Do the Right right Thing and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's not not 1973 and he's not Jack Nicholson. And I don't think you can do that plot line in today's environment and make it fly. You, I mean... Yeah, I think distribution will be an issue. I think people immediately picketing the snot out of your film. You know, NC-17 ratings, limited release at best. If they actually adapt the the movie the way yeah, that it the was South done Korean in movie. the right. version. All we know is that it's based on the old boy manga. But still, yeah. the South Korean movie is based on the, on, on the manga or the manga. And sort of it went in a different mom. direction. So that's what I am. I I just don't know, Matthew. I think you're right. If it's doing the same twist ending, then I think this is going to have a a lot of people upset. And to be honest, Chinatown had a lot of people upset over that. But I don't think you can do. 
I don't think you can do a sympathetic protagonist in that story. I think that if, you know, it was something where he was clearly evil and played by Larry Hagman and mustache twisting, (laughs) you might be able to get away with it. But I don't think that that you can play that straight. I don't think you can have that happen. Then again, I guess, you know, they within the last 15 years, they released an adaptation of Titus Andronicus. Yeah, that's true. And also a South Park episode, which was even better. So I I suppose if you're if you're willing to have the transgressive people and the transgressive people are creative in the way they do it, you might be able to pull it off. I suspect it will be a lot more subtle and a lot less overt when you get to that big horrifying. Well, I am your father. And I'm glossing over the whole, you know, I'm glossing over the, you know, the you saw me at my most vulnerable, even though everyone else was laughing, you saw what was really vulnerable and it touched you, et cetera. I mean, that sounds a little weird and maybe a little bit deep for most readers, but you've got, I don't know, something like 70 chapters of buildup and then Mm -hmm. this is dropped on you. And I, to be honest, I was kind of disappointed. Well, it's emotionally resonant, but it's not necessarily emotionally resonant from a place that's easily accessible. Yeah, I guess if you're you know, a 40-year-old fat man from the Midwest, you know, I I can well, I can try and put myself in that situation, but the other thing too I is I really, guess you could say you could say well, that's really a trifle of a reason. Well, maybe that's the point that Dojima is so insanely crazy because of all the money that he's built up and the fact that he had a bad aura around him already that this is just something well, that somebody evil would do. I mean, I don't think I if I had, you know, that kind of money, if I would just say, hmm, time for me to smite my enemies, go lock Matthew up for, you know, 20 years. Oh, I would. <laughs> the only thing. First the, of all. The only thing. First of all. The only thing that's keeping my eccentricities in check is the fact that I'm poor. If I was rich, I would be right. crazy. Really? Oh, yes. You would be John Waters. I would live in a you bunker. You would be flat out. Would you be wearing like uh, Kleenex boxes on your feet, never cutting your nails and peeing in a milk bottle? No. Kind of crazy. It would be more like that's, that's... I would have, because no, because I, I, then that would be uncomfortable. <laughs> I would just have a bunch of people come in, probably dressed like uh, hockey goalies. To trim my nails for me, <laughs> and they have right. to wear the hockey mask. I, I would have a sparks of young women exactly, between exactly. twenty two and twenty four who dresses the characters from Battle of the Planets, mm-hmm. and then they would be in charge of you know making me I don't know gorp. That would be kind of cool. And so, I live in one of those. You know how they have the houses in the old missile silos? Yeah, that's where. Yeah, I live. yeah, that's that's pretty much what I would go for. Under okay, all right. I don't in know a vaguely if I... radioactive. Hole. I, I tend to think that I'd be a little bit more generous with my gift giving, but nope, crazy. <laughs> yeah, crazy. crazy, crazy is what I would go with. Okay, so let's Steven, uh, let's. You're crazier than either of us in a good way. <laughs> trust me, you would. Your insanity would find a way. <laughs> You'd be like the old man in that episode of of uh, Creep Show who's like, "It's my birthday," and then torture your family from beyond the grave. <laughs> Happy birthday to me! <laughs> Maybe. We'll just have to find out. 
So Rodrigo, give me a, a final thoughts, bottom line on on this. It's a very pretty book. Yeah, I, I very much enjoyed looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the character design. Um, there's a lot of nuance to it. When he's watching TV, he's watching particular shows. So you right. can recognize like Shin Chan. Right. And you can recognize a couple other things of your, yes. you know. I'm sure there's Thank twenty thousand. I couldn't remember the name of that, but I recognize that cartoon. Yeah, there. Uh, there's a probably a thousand more things that I don't get that other right. people might get out of it. Um, it's like it's a really dense, well put together book. Mm-hmm. Um, it does move very slowly, and the funny thing is, is you know what the conflict is at the very beginning, right? So. It's a lot. It's a it's a high density book that gives you very little information ever. It does do a good job of parsing out information, which mm-hmm. is important in a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, all around, I I found it enjoyable. I would I would I would say, if you find it, definitely if you want find it in your library, you take it out. But or uh, if you find it in a store and you flip through it and you like the art, I would say pick it up because it's it's a pretty straightforward noir story yeah. that looks very good. It, it is one of those, I mean, even though I'm disappointed by the ending, I'm kind of like, that's it. It was still a great read to get to that point. And the art is good. I like the I like that slow p- pacing. As Matthew said many, many times, it's a Ray, Raymond Chandler book brought to, brought to comic book form. Mm-hmm. And I think it works extremely well but in that piece. Even- I like... I like how the characters are developed. I mean, there are there are many more characters than what we talked about in this uh, review tonight, and I think they all are distinct, mm-hmm. and I think they all work. Um, it's just I was I was yeah. expecting more at the end, but other than that, I say it's it's worth picking up. It's worth checking out. Matthew, there's an old Eddie Izzard routine where he talks about the difference between American movies and English movies. And English movies are all people sitting in a cottage by a pond counting matches. Oh, sorry, Sebastian, I, I think I'd better go. That's what this kind of is for me. It's it's like Chandler, and it's Chandler-esque, but it's even slower and more deliberate and more in suspenseful building. Yeah. And if, building if you've seen... Building such a gavalt with the building... Yeah, if you've seen the you big know, sleep, you you know the the ending to the big sleep was somewhat disappointing, but it's still a great movie. Mm-hmm. That's what this book is. Well, the ending to the Maltese Falcon could be you know perceived as disappointing too, but it doesn't necessarily deliver on the promise because so much of the promise is in your head; it's in the mystery. So whatever you build that mystery up to be. Depending on what the mystery actually comes out to be, that's going to color your, you know, your feelings on it. But mm-hmm. for me, this one is really deliberate, really well constructed. It's a very inductive process. We're building a little Lego city and we're building the Lego city. I would say definitely look at it if you, you know, first of all, if you're a manga fan, because this is really well done turn of the century era manga. It builds on what's been done before. I would say read it if you're a fan of, you know, the noir story, the crime tales, or especially like the uh, the John Woo movies. You know, if you have that kind of feel, this is something that's similar in tone, but not necessarily as flashy. Right. The people who I would say you may want to stay away from this, if your people, you know, if you need that big third act, bang, pow, yeah, yeah, rat yeah, yeah, bang, yeah. bang, space yeah. monkeys are attacking. 
that ain't going to happen. So if that's what you need, if that's what you want, if that's what you're expecting, either don't read this or go in knowing that that's not going to happen and you're getting an entirely different kind of experience. Yep. All right, there you go. Old boy. Uh, and it looks like that wraps it up for this issue. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, being part Yay. of the Major Spoilers Experience. Next Not week, we're going to be, be looking at... Old girl. Yes, that's a totally different uh, thing. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at another... <laughs> Thank you for being there to the very end. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at another comic book turned movie. This one's coming out relatively soon, next month. Uh, Immortals, Gods and Heroes. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we'll see you real soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew To kick my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven, it's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2011